Hey, y'all. This is LP with LP Drinks Co. And uh, yeah, pour a dram and settle in. This is the cast case of vodka. chasers you've caught on to my theme probably people do things in february all the time and it becomes cliche it's it's like valentine's day you know let's do a valentine's day whatever but i changed it up and but i wanted to still have that vibe you're used to so yep you've you've caught my theme it's cocktails but if you've watched anything on netflix um you've probably seen this show it's drink masters and uh you know spoiler alert she won um, but it's a great show. If you like cooking shows, if you like those types of vibe shows, contest, this is something a little bit different and it was a blast to watch. So jump in there and, uh, you know, binge it. Um, but anyway, enough about me, LP, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. Sorry. I was struggling with that unmute button, you know? How <laughs> <it goes. laughs> no, no, no. It's good. I get muted often. So don't worry about it. It's uh, it's, it's something that happens. <laughs> LP, I am pumped to have you on the show. So I... I have ironically been on this cocktail kick lately, and it started at last year's Kentucky Bourbon Festival, and I met Heather Wibbles, um, the cocktail contessa, um, huge fan of her, Peggy No, a lot of people in that scene. We have a friend in D.C. who is the Bartenders Guild, Mary Kelly. Um, yeah, Mary Kelly. Oh, Kelly. Yeah, okay. good friend of mine. So all the, these people in my life have recently been coming together, and I'm a whiskey person, that's the you know podcast, but I like spirits, so I've been really being challenged with like cocktails with gin, cocktails with tequila, cocktails with whiskey, and then your show, that show comes out, Drink Masters, and I'm like, what is this? So my wife and I put it on. That was our date night for a week or so, and you killed it. And I thought, man, we got to know somebody that can get her on the show. So I bombarded you. Uh, our, our friend Avalon was like, I think you should have her. Yeah, I think she's a cool person. She's going to be worth it. Uh, she's in D.C. And then I started reaching out to other people, and everybody knew you, but you were so elusive, nobody knew how to get you. So I had to, I had to get a P.I. I had to, you know, I didn't do that. I just reached out to your people. Uh, but here you are, the winner and probably the most important person on the world, on the planet right now, in my opinion. Well, I hope I hope you can tax deduct that P.I. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh no thank you so much so yeah the drink masters netflix that was like the best opportunity and what a great platform to have to showcase what bartenders get to do in a day-to-day and honestly i'm just really i'm really grateful that netflix lended me their platform to be able to to do my thing yeah us too and you were up against some some challenging people i mean uh, these aren't no. These aren't these weren't small town. Ta- uh, you know, time bartenders. The thing with these shows, I had Robbie Jester on recently, who won Pressure Cooker. So I had him on Delaware native, and oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yep. And uh, you know, he's like the thing about these shows you don't realize is it 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 seems like we're all kind of you know even the worst person on the show seems like okay, well that person's but that person is like a tier one chef 
you know, it, you don't realize how the level of experience these people have. And when you put masters together, somebody's just from the from the layman, if this makes sense, we see it and we think, oh, this person is really, really good. And that person's probably I could I could outdo them. But in reality, these are these are master class. I mean, these are people that if I went to anybody on that show's bar, I'm going to be blown away. So it's got to be what I'm getting at. The intimidation, I think, is not as there's we don't get it as much as you get it. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say? No, I totally understand, and um, you're correct in stating that everyone on that show is is very good at what they do, respectively. One of the coolest things about being on the show for me was the fact that there was so much diversity, not just amongst like culture, religion, um, and the way that we all respectively look, but um, diversity amongst you know the different styles of bartending. Um, and I think that the show did a really great job showcasing that. Oh yeah, most certainly. Um... No, I totally, I totally agree. Did I lose you? No, I'm here. Oh, good. That was the crispest end to a sentence I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> um, that's that's audio gold, um, and I ruined it. <laughs> that's like that's, that's like an like editor's dream, and I was like, I'm going to ruin this moment. Um, yeah, yeah, anyway. Um, I do know what I'm doing, I promise. Um, no, 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 no. That's that, I saw that, too. Um, there is a... There's a new wave happening and, you know, I was there for the whiskey or, you know, revolution and now this cocktail movement is kind of, you know, kicking ass and taking names. But the people that are coming up into this world, you know, are are normally these behind the scene artists. You know, you don't really they're really different in a good way. Um, they stand outside, you know, my, my oldest son, you know, he, he plays music, he writes music, he's got like a MIDI keyboard thing and he's putting stuff together, but he dresses, he behaves, he thinks differently. And I think there was a day where we stifled that, you know what I mean? We kind of was like, well, if you're different, you need to be over there in your little corner. And now we celebrate it. And when you celebrate it, you get, well, you get cool cocktails, you get amazing plates of food, you get awesome pieces of art, you get literature, you get conversation, you just get all these really rad, cool things. And I was, to be honest, I was tired of just ordering the same Long Island iced tea every time I went out to a, a bar. And it's now I can order something with moan ginger syrup, tea, green tea, bitters, and I don't know whatever else I can make up off the top of my head. And I just think that's that's freaking cool. And it's because of people like you and people like that on the show. Who impressed you the most? I mean, who really on the show, everybody was impressive, but who was like, who did you look at and think, wow, I mean, you won, but I mean, who was your, who was your, who would you have put up to win? Um, so for me, the person who impressed me the most was actually uh, completely blown away by her presence. She's one of the most uh, kind humans I've ever had the pleasure of meeting and um, her, the way she thinks creatively about cocktails always intrigued me and, um, and honestly intimidated me. Um, I think she's very forward thinking in her approach. Um, she's very, um, methodical. She's has a really, really, really beautiful, um, understanding and interpretation of technical application. Um, and it was a pleasure to be able to do that with her. Oh yeah. She was great. She was really amazing. I, I, that's my pick too. Um, there was some underdogs that I, I felt, uh, were, were, kind of runner-ups i really liked alex um but he had some he had oh some, he, that's msg poppy we yeah 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 <laughs> I, I i felt sometimes like man you're kind of out of your element not in talent just 
you know, a different breed, a different timeline. Uh, and but then sometimes I was like, that's kind of cool. That's kind of, you know, he's really trying to think outside the box. So I was really rooting for Alex, um, not to win necessarily, but just in general. But you had that, you had the one scene, uh, the one challenge. It was uh, you and Alex, I think, with the chicken and waffles. And you did the rush for gold, you know, the play on gold rush. It's That's kind of one of the moments I'm talking about because the judges said you kind of played it safe. And I'm thinking you were doing things with beeswax and all, and I'm like, that's safe. So I think that's kind of the thing I'm talking <laughs> like. I couldn't have. <laughs> I mean, if that's safe, I'm screwed. So you know what I mean? No, I believe me, I felt the same way when the judges said that to me. I know. I'm like, did you you saw what happened, right? She was literally. Um, but that's the kind of that's the point I'm trying to make is when you're around such titans the most complex thing can seem safe, but I learned a lot. I learned what fat washing. Yeah. Fat washing, how dangerous dry ice can be. I think it was Alex almost killed everybody on the show, which is, you know, (laughs) um, I root for people that are that dangerous with dry ice. So I learned a lot, but how do we get here? LP? What, 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 uh, what, like, so I, I've said this before because I'm in the spirits industry. I'm assuming you're eight or nine and you're like, you know, I'm tired of just high C or apple juice. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to infuse a little something in this. And you start. And that's where you became. I assume that's how you became a cocktail master is around that age group. But in reality, what happened? What got you here? What brought you from whatever in your life to now a champion of, of the mixed martial, mixed, mixed cocktail arts? I'm going to keep that. I love that. That's going to be my new title. There you go. Um, No, I mean, I definitely was not a cocktail connoisseur. I wish I was, but um, I had a background in nursing and really loved working with people. I'm very passionate about education and ways that we can integrate our culture and our respective stories into what it is that we do. And um, truth be told, nursing was a little sad and, Mm. um, for me, what I found was that the human connection was so important to me. I was able to find that creative outlet, artistry, as well as education um, with cocktail making. And at the very beginning of my um, my career, I really placed so much emphasis on establishing a sound foundation in spirits, wine, beer, cocktails, and ways in which I could deviate from that, that really did align with me and my personality. And so you know, I'm, I'm continuing to push myself on my boundaries, but I'm so grateful for the opportunity to have been on Drink Masters on Netflix and to meet these amazing and very talented mixologists um, who are pushing boundaries and sharing their stories and um, highlighting their, their staffs and their bars and, and really just doing amazing things. And um, for me, this was really a great opportunity to use that platform in a way where um we can showcase what we do. We can invite people to be a part of that process, gain a bit of a bit more appreciation for the craft, and ultimately um, find ways to be a, a bit innovative and inviting um, to kind of continue uh, this evolution of cocktails that I'm so excited to see. Well, there's no limit, and that's what's rad about it is a cocktail is anything you can make up and taste well, you know, taste good. And I, I, I You've heard me, listeners, say this on every episode of this series, and I think we learned it from Heather Wibbles. Um, you can't put a patent on a co- pod, or a um, on a cocktail. You can't. You can't own. You, I can't sue if I. You can't sue me if I take your cocktail and make it my. You know, twist it up and make it my own thing, and I'll call it like a. You know, 
a whiskey kind of sour. You know, nobody's coming after Bobby because I think it's an open platform. Um, but I've noticed people in the spirits industry and the cocktail industry aren't the kind of people that are going to get mad about that. They like to see evolution and change. And I just learned that a sour means a thousand things. You know, I just thought a whiskey sour was a little egg, little lemon, little whiskey, and you move on with your life. Yeah. Apparently, I'm way wrong. Um, so uh. I dig that, though. You know what I mean? I dig that. And I dig seeing you make things on the show and just, you know, going through your Instagram, going through your profile, talking to people that, you know, you work with, you've worked with, the kind of cocktails you've created are so thoughtful. And I think you hit the nail on the head. You are a kind person. You you are a very people person, but your drinks are thoughtful. They're very thinking about who's drinking it. And I think that's what makes, in my opinion, that's what makes a good uh, cocktail maker. That's what makes a good, you know, you know, consumer advocate, if you will. Um, so you you come up in D.C. Right? You're in the D.C. area normally. Is that where you're? That's where you're kind of based out of. Am I wrong? Right? Yeah, so I grew up in the Bronx and I live in DC currently, um, and I, I love it. Um, the community is is, is some, there's some of the best individuals I've had the pleasure of knowing, and um, as you know, Avalon is my girl. Um, but individuals like Avalon, yeah, she's amazing. Um, who are so supportive and so kind, and again, we're very aligned in what the end goal is, which is to bring a bit more awareness as to what we do respectively mm-hmm. in a way that aligns with what we do respectively, and I think that's the key, right? So. For me, here's the message. The message is simply this. Let people do what they do as long as they're doing it well. If you want to pour beer and shots, do that. And do it with care and love and passion. If you want to be behind a bar doing molecular gastronomy, do that. And don't be pretentious about it. Be welcoming and understanding and kind and patient. And I want people to do what they do. I just want them to do it with kindness. I love that. I want to. I want to live in a world LP where I go into like this, you know, really broken down, you know, scary biker bar, and I go in there, and there's a cigarette smoke and pools being played, and you know, the guy behind the bar looks like he probably, you know, crashed a few ships in his day, and then I want to go up to him and I want to be like, "Can you make me something black and white?" Um, but maybe with a little pink <laughs> undertone. And he's like, you know what? I got you, fam. And he throws it together. But then I want to be able to go to an uppity, you know, bar and maybe DC, maybe, you know, the Bronx and I, which I travel, I'm in Delaware. So I get to both often. And I want to be able to go in there and say, can I get a shot of something from the rail? And them not look at me like, I want to be able to enter any place and be treated with the respect and dignity that you're, you're painting um, with whatever I want. As exactly. long as they, as long as they have the ingredients. Um, so, so DC, I love the DC vibe. I love the New York vibe. Um, my friend, um, just left widow Jane, um, um, Lisa Wicker. And so we used to go to, to, to widow Jane all the time. I love the New York area. I take the kids up there. DC cool vibe. You have places like Jack Rose and, a, and a, you know, which is pretty iconic, but there's a thousand places you can go and, and great scenes, great, great bar scene, great cocktail scene. But I find myself in every city finding a little new place pop. No, I'm in Delaware, so we have little spots that are popping up um, with these great cocktail spirits. Kind of, it's it's it is growing really fast. But how do you keep up with? Let me see. How I can word this. There's only so many artists out there. So what do you or people that can do it? People that have the drive. People that are that will. What do you, what, what do you say to these new up and coming? 
you know, I don't just want to work at the bar for the tips for the summer. I want to be a cocktail master. I want to be, you know, a, a mixologist, if, if we can use that word. I don't know if that's a bad word anymore. Um, what do you say to those people that want to enter that world and really do it as yeah. an art form? You know how lucky I am. Oh, you are so lucky. I know. Being married to you, that's number one, right? That's no joke, babe. It's no joke. And and I'm going to tell you why. Aside from being married to you, my two favorite independent bottlers mm -hmm. happen to be in the Imparks portfolio. What luck. I know. We've got Adelphi Selections. Yeah. Bottlers started in 1993, I want to say. Okay. And Single Malts of Scotland. Yeah. Who those casts are selected by my good friend, Ollie Chilton. I know Ollie. You know Ollie. Yeah. Yeah, he came to drink with us. Uh-huh. So back to the idea of drinking off the beaten path. Oh, this again. If you are looking for a wide array of flavors, going after independently bottled whiskey is where it's at because their idea is never to repeat a flavor. Never? Never to repeat a flavor. Well. Always bottle something new, always something different, and more importantly, always something delicious mm -hmm. and something that won't steal all of your wallet. Okay. That's I like that part. You like that. I knew you'd yeah. like that part. So listen, Haida, I have to tell you, and I have to tell our listeners here, Impex Beverages. Yes. Proud sponsor of Cast Chasers Podcast. Excellent. For sure. So the first question I ask them is, what's, what, what is the reason they want to do this? Like, what are you passionate about? What about this, like, lights a fire in your soul and in your heart? And... You know, is this something that you want to do short term, long term? For me, the coolest thing about what I get to do is that I've been able to find a really um, very natural and authentic way to take the things that I love outside of bartending and mixology and integrate them into what I do. So one of the things that we do is we help coach um, and advise uh, up and coming entrepreneurs in the beverage sector on ways they can establish a sound foundation in their businesses. So it's how to start an S Corp and an LLC. Here are um, attorneys that can assist you with, you know, whatever it is you need, whether it's trademarking and contracts, tax attorneys. Um, here's a CPA and a bookkeeper. So really what we're doing is setting ourselves up in a way where, listen, there are subject matter experts. We acknowledge when you're starting a business that it's really, really difficult to prioritize where to allocate your funds and also keep money in your pocket. Let us assist you with that and guide you along the way. But let's do this in a way that really places emphasis on the things that you love about food and beverage and the things you love outside of it and how we can kind of combine the two. Where is the synergy, right? Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'm all about collaboration with creatives. I'm actually in Corning, New York right now. I was just at the Corning Museum of Glass, and I had the great opportunity to work with Eric Meek, who was a judge in the finale of season one of Blown Away. And we had a live demo where he created a live glass for a cocktail that I was demoing. Um, and I think that, that that's so amazing because think about it. We use glass in all the cocktails we make, but look yeah. how we were able to showcase our respective industries authentically in a way that resonated with the consumer. We talked about the history of glass. We talked about the history of cocktails and how the worlds kind of collaborate and, you know, collide and, um, the production company that created Drink Masters also created Blown Away. So it was just a very natural kind of collaboration. But it's things like this that really make me happy and excited about what I get to do. Because when I started bartending, it was I'm behind the bar and I'm bartending. That's it. It was never 
this and it's evolved so much and the opportunities are endless. So what I would say simply is think about what it is you love and then aspire to do literally everything and anything you can that brings awareness, um, that allows people to relate to what it is that you're showcasing inside of your industry and allows people who are outside of your industry to gain a better understanding and appreciation for your craft. That's that's absolutely beautiful. Um, you, your first drink you made, and one thing I want to touch on a little bit because I, I want to emphasize what you're saying and hopefully what I think you're saying, and it's a platform. And you know, I I have a podcast. I utilize it to speak about whiskey and to educate about cocktails and spirits. But I also I like for people to come on that are trying to find a stage to or you know an avenue to open bigger doors and to let more people in. Um, the first drink you made on the show was um, Beyond Glass Ceilings, um, a margarita-inspired drink. What is that's, That seems to be your mantra. Um, for you personally, can we talk about that a little bit? What does that mean to you? All right. Um, so the Beyond Glass Ceilings cocktail was so, 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 so important to me. Um, that cocktail... The prompt for that challenge was to make a margarita, right? Hmm. Um, a margarita that was pretty atypical, very different than what the judges had seen. And what I wanted to do uh, was make a bold statement, which was that the agave industry, um, unfortunately, has a little bit of a bad rep right now. And the reason being is that when we're looking at spirits such as tequila mezcal um, and mass production, we have... Um, Agave, they don't have the opportunity to fully mature and are harvested early. Mm. And as a result, what's happening is these crops are not able um, to, 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 to essentially um, fulfill the lifespan that they hopefully have the opportunity to do. Um, essentially, what happens as a result is the products that are produced um, are negatively impacted the environment. That's our huge, 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 huge um, part in that growth cycle of agave. I did not um, know that. And yeah, and fertilization. And while, you know, something as, I guess, small to some people, um, harvesting agave early has such a huge impact on um, on the community of, of, you know, of insects and animals um, that live in Mexico. And so essentially what I was trying to do is make a margarita that had no agave in it. So it was a no, no agave pineapple syrup um, using pineapple as the base ingredient and then using ingredients such as bee pollen and fennel seed um, to manipulate the flavor and the texture that you would get in honey. Um, and then I made the beverage with tequila, the pineapple no agave syrup, fresh lime juice, and garnished it with a pineapple, what I call... Um, aromatic cloud as well as a dehydrated pineapple garnish and so it was supposed to be this huge bold statement i know parts of the explanation kind of got cut out um but what i'm really trying to do is place a bit of emphasis on the aspects of our industry that aren't often highlighted or discussed um so that we can bring a bit more awareness so that consumers can make more informed decisions when they're purchasing products. Now, I say all this to say that there are plenty of agave spirits that are produced ethically, that are produced, um, <clears throat> you know, mindfully, 
And so this is not a agave spirit that you'd be purchasing, but it does allow you the opportunity to make a choice. And the power of a purchase yes. is so important. It's so important. Thank you. Your purchase, your, oh my gosh, it influences this sector way more than people think it does. Well, it, um, it's a that's a great segue into kind of the next thing I want to talk about. You hit the nail on the, I love, first off, brilliant. Love that. Um, I'm a huge bee fan. I love bees. Um, I think they're my favorite animal. And oh, I know where this is going. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you do. Um, and so we have a mutual friend in that same environment. Um, but I had a love for, I've had a love for bees for a long time. I love bees. I have told people, and I'm, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the, the almond, um, um, industry is really hurting the bee population because did you know that? Uh, I did, did not know that. I did not know that. Anymore. So essentially, and I got to do more research on if it's getting better or not, because I haven't followed up as well as I should. But essentially what happens is bees are, I don't want to go down too much of a rabbit hole, but there's a lot here. Um, so when we eat foods with honey in it, and like our ancestors used to do, you would eat local. So when you eat local, your allergies are built up, your resistance to allergies are built up, because if you eat bee honey, the bees are collecting nectar from different flowers and plants, you're eating that honey, you're eating other foods like that, you're building up resistance. When you or when you get food that's from somewhere else, like honey, and it's brought to you, you're, there's, there's plants in there that aren't necessarily indigenous to you. So we built, we develop allergies because we can't defend against them. So people get sick, allergic to milk, I'm allergic to honey, things like that. So that's happening. Secondly, the big thing to the bees, when you're, you have a grove of almonds in um, California, but you can't just have California bees. So you may get, you, you bring in bees from Maine, you bring in bees from you know Florida, Texas, or wherever. These bees come together and they spread disease through each other that the other bees aren't used to. And then they bring that back to their respective state or area, killing off millions and millions uh, and bringing just things that, you know, the Florida bee may be immune to that the main bee isn't kind of thing. And it's just decimating the bee population, um, all for almonds. And it really was big when the almond milk craze um, was really in its height. You know what I mean? So, it's crazy what you don't know, and then you do a little research, and you're like, "Oh my god, am I killing bees by putting a little almond milk in my?" No, I'm not saying that. That's I'm the craziest thing I legitimately have ever heard. That's yeah, wild. there was a documentary, I believe, on Netflix. This Netflix needs to be a sponsor. Get on that, everybody. Get on that. Um, I talk more about Netflix <laughs> than um, I don't chill when I watch it. I actually watch it. Um, yeah, so I think it's a Netflix documentary that came out a few years ago. But that's crazy. So. You need to be smart about what you buy. You need to be smart about what you consume and what you work with. So anyway, that was a long segue into our mutual friend, Amanda Victoria from Sippany um, Cocktail, Can Cocktails. She's a wonderful woman, a strong CEO, human being, powerhouse, had her on the show. She's incredible. Built Building a little empire for herself. And then, you know, you see her doing her, her thing. You're like, oh, there's Amanda being awesome. And then you look over here and you say, oh, wow, look at this person in LP. She's being awesome. And it's like two giant suns just kind of collide. 
and you really took away all the awesome for the rest of us. So we're just sitting out here in the world going, I guess all the awesome's gone, so these two are having it. So the least you can do, LP, is tell us about that awesomeness. How did those two cool worlds <laughs> come together? That's awesome. Uh, so I have known Amanda for probably a little over a year now. I actually had the pleasure of seeing her present a um, a beautiful presentation at BCB last year. And uh, immediately intrigued by two things. The fact that she's Puerto Rican and the fact that she's from the Bronx. And I was like, oh, this girl about to be my best friend. <laughs> um, and she is, she is. But uh, basically... Um, you know, we, we've always had a really amazing connection and synergy with the ways in which we see this community and sector evolving. Um, and we're very forward thinking in that way. Um, and she is constantly pushing me and inspire me to be better, um, to push harder and to, to really, um, protect myself. Um, and what I mean by that is to do things that are fulfilling for me, that also have an impact on the industry. Mm. Um, and so she's one of my favorite humans. Um, Joey Mintz, as you know, is the other co-founder of Symphony Ken Cocktail. So Symphony is a Ken Cocktail um, that has rye whiskey, um, wild wildflower New York honey, lemon juice, and sparkling soda. And um, it is a canned cocktail that prioritizes quality ingredients, um, a craft approach to making canned drinks, revolutionary in the sense that it's really changing the way that people within our industry and outside of it perceive a canned cocktail, which is huge for us. We're placing a lot of emphasis on a couple of things, B Corp certified organization, which means that we are donating a portion of our revenue every year to nonprofit organizations that are really focused on ways to help um, improve the environment. Um, and then the bees, right? We're giving back to the bees. Yes. Um, so I think it's a really great moment right now where we're seeing this sector of ready-to-drink cocktails evolve and change. And as members of this community and this sector, we really need to reclaim what's ours um, and change the narrative, which is that they, these, these canned cocktails don't have a place in a space within our bar programs change that narrative to be how can we really be selective and choose RTDs that are aligned with what our mission and our values are. I love that. Well, the thing I like about, first off, they're delicious. And uh, this show is not about Amanda. It's love you to death, so but it's not good. about you right now. Uh, it's so No, good. they're really, she sent me two packs uh, for free and then I've continuously just bought more to support. Um, but it's, they're delicious. But the great thing about a canned cocktail, if you're in the mood for a cocktail, first off, they're using great rye. So go listen to that episode. Don't go listen to that episode. I won't get into it. But anyway, um, watching you make a cocktail and, you know, you're like, okay, I'm going to throw something together real quick. And then the science experience, I mean, you're literally like, inf I'm going to fat wash, infuse, you know, edit this and all these words start coming out and, you know, you got blow torches and you're like, you know, where did how she just made tobacco water clear and now she's making this lemon juice not clear it's just and then it t it, this thing comes together and it tastes incredible we don't all have that time or ability or effort or ingredients or knowledge to do something crazy i'm not saying don't go out there and try to make cool stuff it's fun but then you want a second or third one and you don't have an hour and a half you know and you have friends over and they don't want to watch you make it they're tired of seeing you shake your thing because you're not good at it you get a canned cocktail, <laughs> right? You get a canned cocktail. It's already done. And you're just like, 
here, just pop the top and you're good to go. And I love my beer friends, but it's getting, it's just annoying. It's getting annoying. I'm tired of IPA. So a kind kind can cocktail, in my opinion, is just the next best thing. And they're just delicious. It's delicious. Yes. It's so good. And you know what? Simple. It's, for, it's simple. That's exactly it. Um, it's simple. It's delicious. It's great. It's, it's the perfect addition to your pantry. It's cracked. It's elevated. Surprisingly, um, and that's the thing we want it to be, we want it to be exactly that. We want you to be surprised by the fact that, um, we've, we've, you know, placed so much emphasis on a product that really does change the way that you think about canned cocktail. Yeah. It's great. And the bees are helping make it. They're in, like, if you, I want the, I want the, um, I want the listeners to picture it. It's like a Disney, like I've been to the factory. It's like a Disney film. It's they're cartoon bees and they're like helping poor. No, they're not. None of that's happening. They're not actually no bees are being forced to work, but the bees are being helped. And that's important to take care of the bees. They're the most important animal on the planet. Second to, I don't know, koalas, maybe. How important are they? No, I don't know. Whoever's second place, but we're worried about first place now, which is why we're talking to LP. Um, LP, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. I know it's early in the morning and you hate being put on the spot. Can I do that? I think I don't have a choice. You you really don't. Um, it's funny because they're like, what questions you're going to ask her? And I send those and none of those come out. So I'm going to name off, I'm going to name off some ingredients that I have. Okay. And you don't have to use them all. I think, you know, this is pretty simple. I'm going to name off the ingredients I have. And I want to tell you, I want you to tell me with that what I can make. Okay. But I'm going to throw in, I'm just going to, re, I'm going to look okay. over, I have, I have a spirits and shelf over here. I'm going to go, I'm going to look in this area. Behind me, there's a bar. So we're going to say any whiskey. I have 400 whiskeys, so you can pick any whiskey. So we're going with maybe whiskey, tequila, vodka, or gin. That's what you, that's your spirits of choice. And you can go with either one. Okay. Ready? I have sweet vermouth, dry vermouth. Monin ginger syrup. I think it's pronounced Monin. I have honey syrup. I have ginger crystals. I have coffee. I have peanut butter. I have maple syrup. I have raisins. And I have a small bag of um, of corn tortilla chips. And I have... Um, <laughs> people laughing in the background. I have bitter choices. I have um, almond, right? No? Walnut. Black walnut. Chocolate orange and your typical Angostura bitters. And I also have a small perfume bottle because I saw you use it on the show and it really turned me on and I liked it of what's in there. But we do have rose water too. So we could go that route. So there you go. No big deal. What are you going to make? How many cocktails am I making? (laughs) One. No, but you, that's your ingredient. That's you just walked into my kitchen. Those are your ingredients. And kudos if you can use the raisins and peanut butters and peanut butter, but don't worry about it if you can. I don't want to. I don't want to jam you up. It's funny that was the first thing my mind went to. I was like, I know of what course, I'm going to do. Of course. Okay, so I'm going to take the peanut butter and I'm going to fat wash up my vodka. Um, and so with fat washing, if you saw the show, you have pretty general idea, but I'll explain it. So we're going to take our peanut butter, place it in our vodka, and we're going to let it sit at room temperature for. 24 to 48 hours right after that we're gonna strain it off mesh strainer you're gonna get that big pump of peanut butter place that in a container in the freezer um overnight and then we're gonna strain it through a coffee filter just to make sure that we're only left with this beautiful silky texture right after that i'm gonna take my coffee 
Um, I'm going to take that. You said you have almonds, right? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to take almonds and raisins, and I'm going to make an almond raisin or shot. So almonds, I'm going to mince them coarsely, let them sit in water overnight, and then take that, strain it off, add um, a little bit of sugar. I'm going to take the raisins um, and cook them in a simple syrup, very low simmer, just to extract some of that flavor. And that's going to get added to that orgeat, a little bit of the orange flower water, right? Okay. So then we're going to take two ounces of our base spirit that's infused with peanut butter, one ounce of espresso. Did you say you have an Amaro of some sort? I do have an Amaro. Yes. Okay. So we're going to take which Amaro? Where's that Amaro bottle? Which one is it? Oh, amazing. Amazing. You have a Virgo. That's so great. That's perfect. Okay. So then we're going to... Amazing. So we're going to take half ounce of Averna and then a quarter ounce of that syrup that we made. Shake it up, strain it into a coupe, garnish with three coffee beans, and boom. What? Uh, all right, Goodwill Hunting. I mean... Are you going to make it? Yes. Am I going to make it? I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. And I'm going to post, uh, you're going to see me on Instagram after this is released. I'm going to post it on Instagram. Um, that is, that I did not expect you to go that route. You are. Peanut it, butter vodka, delicious. Yeah. But the fat, I mean, it all just sounds fun. I'm never going to make it again after I make it because it takes. <laughs> um, but that's, you, you know who you remind me of? It's like, it's like one of those movies where, you know, like Hidden Figures or Goodwill Hunting where you like walk up and you look at the board and there's all the math and all the all the guys are sitting around going, okay, we can't figure this out. And you're like, well, it's six. You don't see you don't see that the answer is six because if you carry the yeah, two, yeah, the answer comes so quickly, right? You, you're like, I, come on, guys. I six. figured you were gonna low hanging fruit there and just you know take some tequila, maybe some bitters, ginger, move on with your life. You went right for the peanut butter, which sh- which shows how dangerous you are. Um, my hope, I love my peanut butter. Well, who? Do- I mean, come on, it's peanut butter. You can put it on anything, um, and I mean anything: pizza, whatever. You didn't use the Get chips. Get the hell out of here! You, you, have you ever had? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? If I, oh my god! I do put chocolate on my eggs and biscuits, though, and some people find okay. that strange. I'm not mad at that. Yeah, yeah, it's a southern thing. Um, but anyway, put peanut butter on your biscuits. Oh yeah, I love a bit. I love a breakfast with a sweet, salty kind of balance like i'll put jelly all over my breakfast and people are like what are you doing and i'm like other than diabetes enjoying my life oh, you know oh what i mean gosh. um but w- like yellow. everything yeah you like everything you do it moderation uh in moderation um i only do that once or twice a week um but no but uh lp first off that was mind-blowing and incredible my dream in life is to meet up with you in dc or new york and have uh, you know i want i want a lot of people want you to make them a cocktail, right? I assume. Yeah, they yeah, do. Yeah. They do. LP, I want to meet up with you and make you a cocktail. I would love a beer and a shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I got you. It reminds me, we were watching uh, An Affair to Remember, which is like a 1940s or 50s movie. It's Dana's favorite, my wife's favorite movie. We watched that on Valentine's Day. Um, and they're at the bar and the main character she's like can i get a champagne cocktail and he literally um he literally 
just pours her a champagne and they called that a cocktail. So I'm glad we've evolved from there. Um, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So LP, um, thank you. You've been such a good sport coming on here with me this early in the morning. Um, you're all over the place. People are pulling you in every direction and you took the time to hang out with me and, and, and then make an imaginary cocktail. And, uh, I think you're incredible. I think you're, what you're doing is amazing. Hopefully, you know, my listeners, my listeners follow you, look for you and see the cool things you're going to do. Cause you're going to do amazing things. Um, before we go, where can people find you, follow you, what's your home address, whatever you want to give out. Uh, social security number. I got you. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's, uh, LP Drinks DC on Instagram. <laughs> and then lpdrinks.org is my website. Awesome. Awesome. Go find her. Watch Drink Masters. See what she's doing. She is a beast, just an amazing human being and worth your time. LP, thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. All right, Chasers, that wraps up this week's episode. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, you can find us anywhere that you stream your favorite podcasts. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Cast Chasers. You can always reach us and find out what we're up to on our website, castchasers.org. And while you're there, be sure to pick up some swanky Cast Chasers swag for yourself and for your whiskey-loving cohort. Until next week, Chasers, remember, it's not about finding the perfect dram. It's all in the chase. All right, that's it. LP, oh, you were great. That was so much fun. Thank you. Yeah, see? Yeah, I had a no. time. Oh, that was great. I'm going to go home and make that cocktail. Oh, that I want that. Delicious. I want that so bad. Oh, that doesn't already exist? No. I just made you just that. made that. I thought, now my brain is even more blown. <laughs> Amara, what? Is this the is this the extended version of the episode? Yeah, it's gonna be where I freak out because I thought you just made something already. (laughs) Holy shit! She's a (laughs) fucking genius. You're a fucking genius. Let's go. My God.